Hi, welcome to Hold the Light, a show for lifelong learners who are curious about the ways we can deepen our connection to our personal and spiritual growth. I'm Lori Gunning Grossman. I'm here to hold the light for the light holders of the world. Empowering, transformative, the year of the dragon. Welcome to 2024. Kicking off this new year and new season of Hold the Light, I am talking today with Ophira Adu, one half of the Astro Twins. Ophira, or otherwise known as Ophi, and her twin sister Tali are best-selling authors, speakers, and astrology experts. They are the co-founders of the global brand AstroStyle, which reaches millions of loyal readers around the world. This past fall, 2023, they launched the Astro Twins Network, the first live interactive network to use astrology. So it seemed fitting to talk with Ophi about this new year ahead and what to expect according to astrology. They are calling 2024 the year of transcendent leadership, which we get into as well as other themes for the year ahead. We touch upon upcoming key astrological events and interesting things we may see happen, how 2024 is a universal eight year and what that means, and Ophi shares ways that we can work with astrology through our daily practices. Welcome to 2024, folks, and please welcome my guest, Ophi Adut from the Astro Twins. I want to talk about 2024, of course, and some specific themes about this year and how astrology and your work can help people design and live a transformative, connected life. So welcome. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. So let's get into 2024. Mm-hmm. I heard that you have said, you two have said, that it's the year of transcendent leadership. Is this correct? Yes, we did. Oh, it sounds so good. So can you talk more about this? And in addition to like what the themes are around this for the year ahead? Absolutely. So every year we pick a theme that kind of sums up the energy of the year and the opportunity, the invitation, the call to action astrologically. And not only, obviously, is it an election year, but it's the year of the dragon, which happens every 12 years. The last ones were Y2K, the year 2000, and then 2012, which was supposedly this Mayan end of the world um, that turned out to be a portal into, I mean, the world has become much more wellness and spirituality oriented since then. So this is another transcendent year where we may be leaving some old ways behind. And we say probably entering the age of Aquarius officially. Mm. So it's a year of electing leaders, but the leader that we really want to elect first is the one in ourselves. And instead of waiting around for someone to, you know, get questionable <laughs> uh, rights to govern us, mm. to become also within ourselves, like where can we make change? Where can we lead? Where is impact available for us to make? And not wait, not be passive. It's a year of action. So it is about each one of us finding our own leadership within ourselves first, mm-hmm. as you've said. Yeah. Do you also, are there themes around this meaning, like say for a career, for love, you know, for health, that's under the umbrella of the trans, um, the transcendent leadership that we should be looking Absolutely. at? Absolutely. Yeah. 
yes, you know, because that sounds like you're supposed to, you know, go out in the world and save it, which would be nice. We all want to, but, uh, you know, that's not what is possible for most people. It's making the impact in your love, being a leader in your love life, being a leader at your job, in your home, in your community. And what that means essentially is just giving yourself permission to be who you are. And, you know, the, the beauty of astrology is that we don't have to give a one size fits all, go out and lead, sure. No, every zodiac sign has really unique strengths and gifts that can help make the world better for everyone. So it's really about leaning into what those are and the opportunity of 2024 for your sign, which is all over the book and clear. So, and just bringing that out, turning up the volume on it so that someone's life may be made better by your you being in it. So are you and your sister feeling hope for 2024? Well, we are the sign of the optimist, Sagittarius. Okay. So our job is to not only is to find the hope and to share it. I believe, mm. I mean, will there be some intense things happening in the stars? Absolutely. But it's really up to us how we meet those things too. Okay. So then here's my question, since you touched upon this just now, just a little bit. So are there any astrological events that are standing out or are key moments in this year ahead that we should really be aware of? Yes, there is a major eclipse on April 8th, the Great American Eclipse, they call it. It's going to go across in totality the entire country. The last time that happened was in 2017. So it's going to be in Aries, and it's going to be together with Chiron. So Chiron in astrology is is a comet that's become pretty prominent these days. Um, it's the key. Uh, it's shaped like a key and it's the wounded healer. So it's healing ourselves in order to heal others. So with Chiron being involved in this eclipse that's coming up on April 8th, uh, there's going to be any turning of events is for the greater healing of us all. So I know that sounds very lofty, but uh, that, that, that doesn't always happen when there's a, when there's a, an eclipse, it, shakes things up a little bit and uproots the old, but to have this healing force as part of it, it's like, all right, people, humanity, what are we paying attention to here? Amazing. So this is April 8th? April 8th. Mm -hmm. April 8th. Okay. And then when something like this happens, should we not plan certain things? Should we not do certain things? Do we just lay low when something like this happens, if it's a key event? <laughs> Yeah, um, it's funny that we just got right into this. Well, the book tells what every sign can do. To, we, what we want to do is want to tap into it. We want to be empowered by every astrological event. And this is an opportunity to take in a real doubt. It's an Aries, which is about individuality and passion and courage. So we want to take in a download of courage. We're going to need to be courageous and not passive. 2023 was a year that had, uh, we called it the year of what if. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the implication was you could either say what if from fear or curiosity, like what if the sky is falling or what if? What if we tried this? So there was a lot of experimenting in 2023. And hopefully that got us ready for 2024 when we just, we have to find the courage to try and trust ourselves with whatever comes our way. Just trust 
ourselves instead of waiting for someone to give us the answer. And as you're saying this, I'm reflecting upon many changes that happened to people I know, including myself in 2023, Mm. where calling upon courage really, really was asked. And so I, I, I see how that theme happened in 2023 and then the year of transcendent leadership happening now. There is hope around that. I love it so much. Now, you also did touch upon how we are in the age of Aquarius. I mean, you know, ask three people and they'll all have a different answer. Everyone has a strong opinion. Some people think it began with the musical hair in the 60s, 70s times. Mm. uh, And others think it started with the millennium. But the reason I think it is, is because Aquarius is about community technology, um, Pluto, which is the planet of deep systemic transformation, is going into Aquarius officially for 20 years, Mm. starting November 19th, 2024, but it's going to dip in and out. We had a little preview of it late March 2023 until June, and that's when all the AI and chat GPT stuff came out. So we we saw the future and how we're going to have to partner with technology without losing our humanity. Mm. Yeah, we're in the age of Aquarius, I think, this year, because we are going into this long 20-year stretch of Pluto and Aquarius when society is going to be really transformed by Aquarian themes. And we're going to move away from this... Uh, you know, this 1% of people owning everything only to, you know, that's made it impossible for a lot of people to afford their lives. So we're going to have to cooperate, find leadership, find togetherness, and, you know, all work together and all play together somehow. Right now, it doesn't feel very hopeful and optimistic. So that's, I like to just say that humanity is in the middle of a giant iOS update right now. So we got to let the download finish, but be available for the download. Mm, I like it. Be available for the download. Okay. And also 2024 is a year eight. It's an eight-year in numerology. Yes. Now, what does this mean and what is the energy of an eight-year? Yeah. So you get the year, the universal year, by adding up all the digits of the year. So 2023, you do two plus two plus three is seven. So four is eight. So last year, a seven-year was about finding the balance between spirituality and the scientific. It was sort of a contemplative year, a little more passive energy, like I said, and more intellectual, a little skeptical, a little distant and removed. And eight years about power. So it really is the theme, the theme of, of that's, that's why that also helped inform the transcendent leadership theme, an eight-year really being about power. Yes, wealth, resources, transformation. Um, and then the dragon is an animal that's really symbolic of that too. So yeah, mm-hmm. this is good. I feel like this year sounds exciting to me. Yeah, totally. Right? Yeah. Empowering, transformative, uh, year of the dragon. Let's go. So when people are say, working with astrology and and living a life that embraces it, what are some practices that you would suggest for people to do, 
specifically in this year as they embrace a year of transcendent leadership. Do you have any daily practices that you suggest for people to employ? Some people may find this to be more astrologically basic, but a lot of people are really new to using astrology beyond just reading their horoscope in the paper. So I think following the phases of the moon every month can really be helpful. And our our horoscope planners give you a moon cycle guide, the moon phases, because there are eight phases of the moon in every 29, 28 to 29-day cycle. And the new moon is a time for planting seeds. And then the full moon is a time to harvest that. We're actually, um, we've actually launched our own online network called the Astro Twins Network, too, where we're going to actually get together with our members and do at, uh, activities and exercises around the new moon. So n- intention setting, but not just in kind of a woo-woo way, but really like, all right, where are you not doing the thing that you need to do to move the needle on what you want? And how can you harness and tap into the power of this moon, uh, what it symbolizes? And like I said, download the energy of it and then use it to really propel your dreams and projects and mission into the world. So following the moon phases, or you, know, you can do that. Or if you're just someone who likes to just be and enjoy your life and you're not like really feeling like you want to be on a mission this year, you can follow the phases of the moon just to be like, huh, okay, this today I'm a little tired. Like, yeah. you know, the day before a new moon, the couple days is called a balsamic moon phase when people's energy is a little low. So you can intentionally plan when am I going to have the big meeting? When am I going to take downtime? When would be better for me to rest, manifest? And it's such a simple guide that, you know, you're getting the energy of the light of the moon or the lack thereof. So it's a beautiful way to, to time your life. I love that idea. And it does make sense as you're saying this, or it's an interesting idea, to plan out certain things like you just mentioned, uh, maybe a meeting around different times or rest around different times. It totally makes sense because we are are vibrating with that energy. Mm -hmm. I love that you are now launching or you've launched. Launched, kind of soft launch, but it's out there. Um, Yeah. It's a community that's sort of like Netflix meets, Mm. I don't know, Peloton or, you know, come on in, subscriber community. But we do a new moon once a month, a full moon gathering once a month virtually where we actually interact with our guests and they can come on and be part of the show, ask us questions. And then we're teaching people how to use their birth charts one bite, one planet at a time. Because a lot of people get totally overwhelmed or they don't even know what a birth chart is. What? I thought I just had a sign. I thought I was just a Virgo. Well, you have a moon sign, which governs your emotions. You have a Mercury sign that governs your communication but cool to know, but most people can't retain it. So what there is to do is to just work with one facet at a time. If you work with your Mercury sign, you would know, I'm going to learn a few things about how to communicate powerfully, how I'm designed to learn, communicate, take in information, take feedback, give feedback. What's the ideal work environment for me? 
you know, this is this isn't just up in the stars. It's actually something you can use to design a really fulfilling, beautiful life for yourself. Yeah, it's just another tool for us to know ourselves mm-hmm. and to help us on our path, I guess, on our journey as we're moving through life. You just brought up knowing like your sun sign, mm-hmm. you know, there's our moon sign, there's our rising. When it comes to the signs like our, our sun sign or our rising, because yeah. I've always just like known my sun sign forever. And then I started hearing like knowing the rising sign might be just as important or are they all important? You know, there's as many opinions as there are astrologers. Yeah. But so the rising sign is based on the moment that you were born. It's where the sun was rising over the horizon at that that moment of your birth where it was. So if you do a full birth chart, there are it's like a pizza. It's like 12 pieces of pizza. It's a circle. That's what I call it. So um, those are the houses and the planets in your chart are like the actors in the movie of your of your life. And then the signs are in are like the roles they're playing and the houses are where the, the movie's being filmed, these different sound stages. So without knowing your birth time, and you, which gives you your rising sign, you won't know which houses the planets are in. So you won't know where this action is taking place. Like for example, say you had Mercury, the planet of communication in Virgo. So you'd know my communication style is pretty analytical, journalistic, and inquisitive. But if you knew your rising sign, you would be able to say, oh, and it's in my fifth house, which rules entertainment. So, wow, I'm an entertainment journalist, or I love interviewing celebrities. You might get another level of nuance and kind of a know where to direct that talent. I've got this talent. Oh, okay. It is better for me to be in pop journalism than an investigative reporter. And here I was judging what I did as fluff, but it's actually how I'm designed and what makes me happy. So I can stop having that argument in my head, accept myself and just enjoy what I was put here to do. That's how I would use it to empower myself. That is very cool. And when you say the houses, you just mentioned like the fifth house. Mm-hmm. So we have different signs in different houses, right? So my Virgo is in a particular house. Yeah. And that's based on your rising sign. It's a little hard to explain without a diagram, mm. but essentially each the, each of the 12 houses are like these 12 rooms or chambers. And what your birth chart is, is like as if you know, at your moment of birth, you were lying on your back in a grassy field, looking up at the sky overhead. And imagine you drew a circle, an imaginary circle around what you could see. And if you could see all the planets and where they were arranged in their journey around the sun, in relation to where you were lying on that blanket stargazing, uh, that's your chart. If you took a freeze frame or a screenshot of the sky at that moment, that is the map to you. So wh- which where they were arranged around you, what parts of the sky or the, the zodiac signs um, are each representing one of those pieces of the sky, imaginary pieces of the sky. That's I don't even know if that makes any sense, but how that map is arranged is your birth chart. And so if you don't know your time of birth, you can still, you know, knowing what signs every planet 
was in at your time of birth. You could probably get like 99%, if not 100% accuracy. You just won't know your rising sign and maybe, maybe your moon might be one or the other, split the difference. But you can get so much information even if you don't know your rising sign. So people who don't know their birth time should not shy away from just doing a chart, give it your best guess. And there's, I mean, who can even retain the inform- people don't even remember their simple zodiac sign yeah. half the yeah. time. You yeah. Know? Yes. Well, I think you explained that beautifully. And I love the idea of lying in your back and looking up at the sky and it's like a, a chart or there are different chambers and rooms. I think that explains it very beautifully. Okay. And people who don't have their birth chart can come to your site to get their birth chart? Yeah, we can get a free one, astrostyle.com slash birth chart. Mm, yep. Great. And then those who join the Astro Twins Network, um, that's at astrostyle.com slash network, will get access to our whole course library. We have a whole course called Your Cosmic Code with a class on every single planet in your chart. So you can learn what it means for the sign it's in. And if you know your birth time, the house, it's in everything can be learned one bite at a time. Yeah. And then you go out and practice with it. It's very digestible. You just start a little bit and, mm-hmm. and just keep going on the path, keep digging in. What else for 2024 has or is surprising you as you look at the year ahead? Is there anything else that's standing out that is a little bit of a surprise? I mean, there are we have we kind of zoomed in on some of the top trends that we uh, that we predict. Yeah. So, if I was to say what really stands out to me, um, interesting things that we may see happen: Saturn and Neptune are both in Pisces, and so Pisces is very dreamy. Saturn is about structure and boundaries. Neptune is about dissolving boundaries. So these. Very two very opposite influences are in this mystical sign. So we're predicting actually that big pharma is going to actually shift to big psychedelic a lot. Um, I think things like electric vehicles, people are not uh, totally getting on board with them yet because they're so expensive. But Jupiter, which rules travel is going to go into Gemini, which rules daily transportation and anything with wheels for the second half of the year. Mm. We may see suddenly all these new sustainable driving and transportation options come along um, that are climate friendly. Jupiter is the world. We may shockingly in April see a cryptocurrency uh revival. Jupiter before then will be in Taurus, which rules money. Jupiter's where new innovations happen. And then Uranus, which rules technology, will also be in Taurus. And they're coming together April 20th. So that could bring, I think BlackRock has applied for, you know, to be to actually have a regulated Bitcoin offerings. So we may we may suddenly see a change in people's attitudes toward digital currency. And there might even be a universal one released at the Paris Olympics in the summer. That's one of our predictions. Sovereign nations may finally be negotiated. And we're not even going to touch what's going on in the world because we all know. But 
second half of the year, Jupiter and Gemini, the last time Jupiter was in Gemini, or one of the last times in 2000, we had the Camp David Accords, where Bill Clinton and Barack and Arafat all met to try to negotiate they came the closest as anyone ever could have to negotiating a two-state solution. So who knows? We may see that come back around. Mm. There could be a third-party candidate that disrupts the election uh, in the U.S. too. We can expect a lot. We definitely can expect a lot of surprises over the summer to mm. some of the business as usual um, from yeah, transportation to technology to how we consume media as well. Gemini rules media. So Seinfeld was uh, created, Seinfeld and YouTube were, and I think Twitter even arose during cycles that we're going to see again through, uh, through 2024. So there may be some new media platform hybridization that we've all been waiting for too know that we have way too maybe way too many things scattered in too many different directions so don't know what that's going to look like but a lot of innovation and um personally i think that uh you know taylor swift is going to get engaged but i don't know if she'll make it to the altar and no (laughs) you heard it here folks On the pop culture, yeah. if anyone cares about that yeah, here. Yeah. But uh, don't we all secretly, maybe we'll just get to stop reading about her going to football games in 2024. That would be nice. Oh, my goodness. Not breaking news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is there one month of this year, and I know it's different for each one of us, or each of our signs, as far as maybe like one month it might be be like the time to start a business or you might find more love here or travel. As a collective, are there certain months that, I know you've mentioned April a couple times, like Mm -hmm. for an eclipse, Mm -hmm. but are there certain months that might be like, this is the month collectively or good luck abounds or this is the month to just everybody lay low and rest? Yes, but it also depends on your sign. So in our planners, because there's a cadence every year Mm. that each month is like, so when the, for example, when the sun is in the sign before yours, for you as a Virgo, that would be Leo. Then it's in your, it's in the last part of your chart, which is the part of rest. So for you as a Virgo, taking some downtime to finish things up the month before your birthday, before Virgo season, is ideal for you to do that. So yes, there are collective influences, but then also for each of us, each month serves a purpose. So January, you know, for a Virgo is actually still celebration time, um, Capricorn season. And then around January 20th, that's when your healthy time kicks in. So you usually hear that Virgos are the healthiest signs. You think they'd be the first ones at the gym on January 2nd, but actually they're continuing the party until January 20th. So each sign has its own rhythm. And the more we know those and can follow them, like, it's okay if you're not if you're still drinking the unopened bottles of champagne on January twelfth. Then nobody wants to join you except other Virgos. Wow! Oh, I love it. <laughs> so everyone get a planner so we can plan these things out, right? Like 
Yeah. Through these, it'll show us each one of our, our signs, like right. kind of the, the rhythm to follow. Right. Or if you're a Pisces, mm. you know, Sagittarius season for the first three weeks of December is your peak career season. Oh. Or Scorpio summer is. So while everyone else is in this holiday mode or summer vacation mode, you're actually like really getting stuff done. So it can be a little inconvenient or cancers who love to eat the holiday party season is their healthiest time. Mm. So you can prepare by being like, all right, well, I better make sure that if I'm going to, you know, eat all those cookies that get passed around that I'm also going for a walk and keeping my energy up and hydrating and, you know, working out to balance it all out. Right. So no, it's, it's all about what you know and proactively planning. So really the power of astrology, the advantage it gives you is that you can know what's coming, you know, even if it's in a broad strokes way, plan around it, continue to live the life you want, but know that you're doing it within this specific energy container and you can work with that instead of swim upstream. Mm. It makes it all feel so exciting knowing that there's that support, <laughs> like there's that cosmic support yeah. to work with our own rhythms. Yep. Yeah, I think it gives you more freedom, not less. Some people think, I don't want to know because that a, I'm like, well, sure. Well, you also might not want to know it's raining out because that's harshing your buzz. But if you don't get go out with an umbrella, you'll still get wet. Like, no, it's raining. Then wear a raincoat and you go have all the fun you want. But if you go out without one or you don't wear a coat and the temperatures drop, you're not going to have any fun. Yeah. You're going to be freezing or wet. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Okay. So one more question. If you could have anybody listening to this to have one takeaway, either something that you have said or just one thing to really consider or focus on or embrace with astrology mm -hmm. or 2024, mm -hmm. what would that be? That you and your gifts matter and that if you're feeling it and intuiting it and sensing it, you're probably right. So people spend way too much time second guessing ourselves. Like I've been, because I've had astrology as a roadmap for 30 years of my life, I now trust that. Because whenever I do readings for people, generally they're like, oh, that's so validating. I was thinking that, but I was afraid to trust myself and take action on it. So know that what you are thinking and feeling actually is right. The stars can't tell you something you don't already know, but they can validate it and encourage you to trust yourself. So don't give your power away to anything. Be that transcendent leader. Be that transcendent leader. Tap into your intuition. It's so good, Ophi. Thank you so much. I love all that you both do as the Astro Twins. I love the work that you put out there. It's so helpful. Also, it's so fun. Thank you. Thank you. I hope yeah. I'll get more singing videos from you because I really enjoyed those. <laughs> oh, you're so sweet. I'll do more. We'll do more. Yeah, sweet. Thank you so much. Thank you for helping people as they embark on the year ahead, 2024. I appreciate you being a light holder in this world and so appreciate you coming on and talking to me. I love it. Thank you. Happy New Year to you and everyone. Thank you. Same to you. To learn more about the Astro Twins, follow them at astrostyle.com or on Instagram at astrotwins. There, you can find out more about the Astro Twins Network, their events and products such as their 2024 horoscope book and their daily planners for every zodiac sign. I'm already digging into my own Virgo planner. 
Thank you for listening to Hold the Light. For more information about this episode and the topics discussed, visit our show notes or find more at holdthelightcollective.com or on Instagram at holdthelightcollective. This podcast is produced by me, Lori Gunning-Grossman. Jonathan Grossman is our co-producer and all-around sound guru. He also wrote the original music. This podcast is recorded and mixed at Night Shift Audio in Los Angeles, California. Finally, if you like the show, please rate, review, and share it with a friend. Let's share the light with each other.